After 130 years, a famous statue of Robert E. Lee has fallen in Richmond, Virginia. The great general, one of the most important figures, not only in the Civil War, but also in bringing the country back together after the Union Army won, will be hidden away in storage for the foreseeable future. And while the Libs celebrate the demise of General Lee, we are left to ask ourselves a simple question. Is America a better place now that the statue has been torn down? Has any American's life improved? Is it possible even that America is actually a worse place because of this desecration? Is it possible that, I don't know, maybe there's a reason that we might all be missing right now as to why the statue was put up in the first place? No, it couldn't be. Just like the Taliban, the Libs will tear down the historical monument and get ready to destroy the next one. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from the Scoundrels Cantina, who says, a heartbeat on Earth is not life, but bacteria on Mars is. So say the Democrats. That's true. They do say that because they were doing anything they can to deny that a life is a life. So now they're denying that a heartbeat is a heartbeat. They will go to any length to avoid seeing what is plainly in front of them. Now, if you don't want other people to see what you are up to on the internet, I would strongly recommend you check out ExpressVPN. The asymmetries of power between big tech and us are historic, okay? This sort of thing has never been seen before in history. It's so much worse than even you think it is. To fight back against big tech's control of the internet, I use ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN on your computer or on your phone, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity much more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. Takes just one click to protect all of your devices. That's why ExpressVPN is rated number one by CNET. I do not go online anymore without ExpressVPN. It's so easy to use. I don't really need to think about it. And it just prevents people from snooping on you. So let's stop allowing big tech companies to revoke our rights to free speech. Why not revoke their right to your data instead? Secure your internet with VPN I trust for online protection. ExpressVPN.com slash Michael, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash M-I-C-H-A-E-L to get three extra months for free with my exclusive web link. That's ExpressVPN.com slash Michael right now to learn more. President Trump is being excoriated for his statement on the removal of the Robert E. Lee statue. Oh, Robert, the historians are making fun of him. The, everyone's calling him a racist. He's being called an idiot. Well, here's what he said. Just watched as a massive crane took down the magnificent and very famous statue of Robert E. Lee on his horse in Richmond. It has long been recognized as a beautiful piece of bronze sculpture. To add insult to injury, those who support this taking now plan to cut it into three pieces and throw this work of art into storage prior to its complete desecration. Robert E. Lee is considered by many generals to be the greatest strategist of all. President Lincoln wanted him to command the North, in which case the war would have been over in one day. <laughs> I love this. Just look, he's a great general, okay, folks? Not like those other crappy generals. Uh, Robert E. Lee instead chose the other side because of his great love of Virginia, and except for Gettysburg, would have won the war. He should be remembered as perhaps the greatest unifying force after the war was over, ardent in his resolve to bring the North and South together through many means of reconciliation and imploring his soldiers to do their duty in becoming good citizens of this country. This is a very important point, and Trump is absolutely 100% correct here, okay? 
And of course he won't get credit for saying it, but it's very important. Just like Chesterton's fence, people should be very careful about tearing down these civil war monuments. Chesterton's fence, this idea, I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but the idea that when a reformer walks into the middle of a field and sees a fence there, and he has no reason, no, no understanding as to why the fence might be there, and he says, we're going to tear it down, the wise thing to do is to say, no, 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 you can't tear it down. First, you have to understand why it was put up in the first place. Then, and only then, should you consider whether or not you want to tear it down. The same goes for these Civil War monuments. Why are these being put up in the first place? Is it just because Robert E. Lee is this great, wonderful American. Well, in many ways, he was a wonderful American. He was a very good general. Lincoln did want him to fight for the North, but he didn't because he had this love of Virginia. But that last point there, I think, might be the most important. He was among the most important figures after the war to bring the North and South back together and reform America. It was very important for that. And when President Lincoln called for malice toward none and charity for all. This is what he's talking about. The South, much to the left's consternation, is part of America. I live in the South now. I'm a good old Southern boy. This is part of the country. The left wishes it were not part of the country, but it is. So either you're going to live together, you're going to love one another, you're going to recognize that this is a fallen world and There are going to be bad things that happen in this world, but we're just going to move on together and try to pursue the good and try to avoid evil. Or you can tear down everything and tear down your fellow Americans and preen and and stand on the shoulders of giants and pretend that you're flying. And that's what's going on here. And it's not going to end with Robert E. Lee. As Trump called it four years ago, he said, they're not just going after Robert E. Lee. They're going to tear down Jefferson and Washington. And everyone laughed at him. And then two seconds later, they're tearing down Jefferson and, and Washington. This is Taliban style stuff. We, we whine and cry and rend our garments because the Taliban blow up Buddha statues in Afghanistan. They're doing the same thing here, not the Taliban, the American left. They're tearing down our statues. They're tearing down our monuments. They're tearing down our history. That's what's happening. Speaking of the Taliban, you know, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk because of this abortion law in Texas about the Texas Taliban. It's, this is terrible to women there. It's just, what's the difference between Texas and Afghanistan? The better comparison is to the libs, okay? Not just because the libs are tearing down all our statues and burning down the country and committing vigilante terrorist violence, uh, but also because they uh, are very difficult to understand. They're incoherent. Tr- uh, Donald Trump was on Greg Gutfeld's show and he was describing his interactions with the Taliban. This is very difficult uh, to deal with these people because uh, they're, they're pretty hard to understand. Okay, so I told you about Abdul, so yeah, he's yeah. tough. And when I first spoke to him by phone, I said, nice to speak to you by phone, Abdul. And he goes, Rah. you know, they're ferocious people. Right. These, you know, like you go to Broadway shows, they fight. They yeah. like to fight. They've been fighting for about a thousand years. How we I hate Broadway. Out? Show me the lie. Show me the lie. There was a journalist, Aaron Rupar at Vox.com, and he was very upset about this. And he he tweeted out, Trump suggests Taliban leaders communicate in primitive grunts and groans. I think instead of the word suggests, he meant to say observes this plain fact that's before all of our eyes. This is how to think about the Taliban. Trump has got it right. Okay, because I've, I've seen 
some wild reactions here. Some people on the right, because of how awful our culture has gotten, some people on the right, on the right have said, oh, you know, the Taliban, they're painting over the George Floyd mural. That's not so bad. I mean, that, they, get, they get a few things right, even a stopped clock, right? The, the libs are very conflicted about their feelings toward the Taliban because they hate America, so they love America's enemies, but the Taliban are this r- regressive, traditionalist Islamic culture, so they, they don't know if they can quite like that. What, what Trump understands that the libs don't is that different peoples are different. Different cultures are different. What, what the libs believe is that the Taliban are basically just sort of misunderstood. Or they just, they just don't have enough iPhones. Or, you know, which they, they actually do have iPhones and they're posting memes to Twitter. They just don't have enough jobs. They don't have enough McDonald's. If they had more McDonald's, then they would, they would act just like us. I mean, Barack Obama said this. He said the reason that there are problems in the Middle East is they don't have enough money and gadgets and gizmos and, you know, modern Western dress and movies. That's not it. It's not, I, I know it's difficult for Western libs to understand this right now because they don't believe in anything. They, all they're after is just making money and pleasuring themselves. But people actually do have beliefs and they act on those beliefs. And we in the West used to have that too. And we first really went up against the East and, and the Muslims when the Muslims tried to invade Europe and we repelled them. This is going back to 732, bat, the Battle of Poitiers, also called the Battle of Tours. And then a few centuries later, you see this in the Crusades, a clash of two different cultures, both of whom really believe in something, both of whom really are willing to die for, for something, for a belief, for their understanding of God. And now there's a lot of revisionist history that's trying to figure out any sort of reason that the crusaders might have gone to war, whether it was for money, whether it was for land, other than the one that's obvious, that they actually believed in something. But we can't understand that in the West anymore. We can't understand that cultural difference. Trump does. He says, yeah, I talked to these guys. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's, he's making fun of them. He's, he's describing them as a sort of savage type, type of person who is not civilized in the way that the West is civilized. He's right. He's right. As he often is, he's right. Though there's not a ton of civility going on here in the West these days either. As you may have noticed, Larry Elder is, is running for governor of California in the recall election. So he's walking through some neighborhood in California and a lady in a gorilla mask throws an egg at him. You see Larry walking down. Larry's walking down, there we go. White lady in a gorilla mask throws an egg at him. She's on a bike. Then she punches one of Larry's body guys. There's Newsom's California for you. A beautiful place. Then another kooky guy, and then they're throwing more stuff. So then they put, they put Larry in the car. They drive away. This is like a campaign commercial for Larry Elder. Here is California under Newsom. Elect literally anybody else. When you just want to tune out some of the craziness in the world, what I would strongly recommend is you check out Raycons. How are you listening to me right now? Are you listening to me through some speakers? Are you listening to me through some of those buggy looking headsets that kind of have the stem sticking out and they don't, you know, they don't work that well? Well, 
please correct your behavior and check out Raycons. Raycons sound beautiful, better than the other stuff on the market. They look a lot better than the other stuff on the market. They've got a bunch of gel tips for your comfort. They come in a bunch of stylish colorways. They've got a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want, when you want to, for a really, really long time. And cherry on top, they started half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee, so you cannot lose. Give them a try right now. Seriously, you will see what I mean. Create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Knowles. Go get my absolute favorite earbuds. I love them. Buyraycon.com slash Knowles to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash Knowles. A white lib, she seemed white. I don't know if she's white or Hispanic or so. She seemed kind of fairer skinned. Uh, a lib in a gorilla mask just threw some, an egg at, at Larry Elder. Larry Elder, you see is the black face of white supremacy. That's, <laughs> that's the line from the LA Times. And uh, it, you know, he's not just a sort of amiable libertarian black guy from South Central. No, he's the far right, radical, white supremacist black guy. And that's why political violence is justified to stop him. That's what, that's what the, the left is implying. And that's what they're perpetrating against him right now. I'm not even going to say it. You know, you know what every reaction to this is? Well, well, if the roles were reversed, if the situation were reversed, uh, yeah, we all know that. We know the problem here is that <laughs> the hypothetical doesn't do us any good. We know that there are different standards here. The, I mean, they're willing to call Larry Elder a white supremacist. I, the, the positive takeaway from this should be when they call you a racist, just to, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't mean anything. Don't let it get to you, man. Wear it as a badge of honor to be called a racist by some dishonest idiot lib. Where it's a, it means you've won the argument. It means they fear you and they fear Larry Elder. They've, do you know uh, other white supremacists I just found out about is uh, Shapiro. Ben is a white supremacist. I didn't know that. Last I checked, the white supremacists, no, not so hot on the chosen people, uh, but there was a, a meme that was going around listing Ben as a white supremacist. I said, okay, this has got to be from some far left radical group, probably some group that doesn't have any power right? It's the Center for Progress and Advancement and Antifa. And oh no, it's from Google. It's from Google, the most powerful company on earth. Google is holding a quote unquote anti-racist training for its employees. And it claims that there's a direct link between Ben Shapiro and mass murder. There's a graphic, it's called the White Supremacy Pyramid. It shows that at the, at the bottom of the pyramid, this is the sort of broadest level of, of white supremacy, is the phrase, all lives matter. That's white supremacy. So if you say that white people shouldn't just be summarily executed, you're a white supremacist. That, so all lives matter, you're beginning, then you move up to Ben. Ben is right above that. That's on minimization. That's so that's the white supremacy thing. And some other guys next to him whom I don't know. Then two spots up, you see Trump. And then, I don't know, some other people of violence and then mass murder. So Shapiro, I, I do, look, I'm not saying that Ben is totally innocent, okay? He does have murder in his heart every time he looks at me. But uh, otherwise, I don't think he's a very violent guy. He's a sort of mild-mannered Orthodox Jew, generally not welcomed by the skinheads. This is what we're up against. And we can, we're laughing about it. It's funny. 
Google has more power than just about any institution in the country. I would say the government sort of has more power, but Google and the government are not so easily separated. Google and the government own multiple properties together. Google in many ways is part of the government. They're the enforcement arm. They're a proxy for the government to do the government's dirty work very often. The, the disparities of power are unprecedented right now. Google's power compared to the power of the American people is, is so radically greater. I don't think there's any comparison in history. They control our speech. They control our behavior in some ways. They know every single thing about us. They know more about us than we know about ourselves. And they run the government. And they're calling some people mass murderers. So what happens? What happens if you are successfully labeled a white supremacist, a mass murderer, a genocidal maniac? You can very easily be censored, ostracized, or have violence committed against you. That's the point. It's, it would be d- defensive. The implication here from the Google slide is that if you kill Ben Shapiro, it's self-defense. Because Ben Shapiro's leading to mass murder. It, it only followed. They, they won't come out and say it outright, but that's the inevitable implication. And Ben is a stand-in for you and me. Ben, is, he's pretty mainstream, right? There, there are people who are to the right of Ben Shapiro, many of them. All of those people. Absolutely not permitted in the public discourse. Now, there is a little, you're getting a little bit of pushback. The, the left is getting so aggressive that even people who are generally liberal, some of them are beginning to feel a little uncomfortable. I'm, I'm thinking in particular of the a cardinal of the Archdiocese of Washington. So this is Joe Biden's Catholic car- cardinal, the guy who is sort of responsible for Washington, D.C., Cardinal Gregory. Cardinal Gregory is pretty liberal as far as Catholic prelates go. Cardinal Gregory famously, infamously attacked Donald Trump while he was president for going to visit a Catholic shrine. He was offended that that Donald Trump went to visit the shrine of St. John Paul II. That's, That's how liberal and left this cardinal is. And yet even this cardinal has finally broken his silence on Joe Biden's formal heresy on abortion. Last week, President Biden said he did not agree that life begins at conception. Were you surprised to hear that? And can you clarify the church's teaching on when life begins? The Catholic Church teaches and has taught that life, human life, begins at conception. Uh, So the president is not demonstrating Catholic teaching. Okay. Now, among the theologians, uh, there's all kinds of medical issues about when does conception take place? When is it at implantation? Is it uh, at some point when the sperm and the ovum come together and and create a new uh, reality? And theologians have debated that and continue to debate that. Oh my goodness gracious. As respectfully as I possibly can, I've got to point out here. 
Cardinal Gregory is doing everything he can, everything he possibly can to defend Joe Biden's indefensible heresy. So he's saying, well, Joe Biden is not demonstrating Catholic teaching. You mean he's a heretic. You mean he's, he's renouncing his faith. He's not practicing his religion. Well, uh, yes, though there is debate over when conception takes place. Even if that were the case, that's not what's at issue here. We're talking about six-week abortion laws. We're talking about heartbeat bills. Regardless of whether you want to parse the nuances of whether conception is when the, the new baby implants, which it's not, or it, when the sperm and the ovum come together to create a new reality, also known as a human life, uh, which it is, Regardless of that, fine. You have that debate. That's fine by me. That's completely irrelevant. No one, no one is suggesting right now that uh, we should per- permit abortion before implantation, but but not after implantation. So you after the after the sperm and the egg come together, you can no. None of that is is on the table. We're talking about a heartbeat. And what Joe Biden is saying is. Explicitly, he said, I do not believe that life begins at the moment of conception. So regardless of where you say the moment of conception is, it doesn't matter. Biden is, regardless, engaging in formal heresy, but he doesn't want to do it. The new reality, it's a euphemism to me. It's a human being. It's a human being. And even, I don't mean to go after Cardinal Gregory too much here. I'm glad that he is articulating the church's plain teaching on this to our heretic president, the second man who at least pretends to be a Catholic, even though he's not a practicing Catholic. But I wish he were clearer about it. I wish he weren't even giving Joe Biden that much wiggle room. He doesn't deserve that much wiggle room. It's not true. It's not just. And if the church cannot speak out clearly on life, it can't speak out on anything at all. That's why Cardinal Gregory is saying, yes, Biden is not, not going along with Catholic teaching here. Right. So let's try to change that. Let's, let's not beat around the bush. Okay. Now, among all of these various debates, does it begin at the fertilization, the implantation? Is Where does it begin? All of the people who are debating this are still less confused than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is demonstrating the most delightful tension of this abortion debate. Namely, the left pretends that men can get pregnant but the left also demagogues abortion as a women's issue and pro-life as an example of the patriarchy, which can't exist because men and women are no longer to be distinguished, except when it's convenient for the left. Are you confused? Me too. Now, if you want to be able to sleep a little bit better, be able to think a little more clearly, wrap your head around these things with a good night's sleep, I strongly recommend you check out Bio-Optimizers. I want you to enter into my bed. Okay, come into my bedroom because I sleep like a baby. You, you might not sleep like a baby. You might be having trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. Well, one of the best things you can possibly do to start getting enough sleep is to start getting enough magnesium. Unfortunately, most magnesium supplements use only the two cheapest synthetic forms. Since they're not full spectrum, they will not fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better, which is why I recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. Simply take two capsules before you go to bed. You will be amazed at how much better you sleep and how much more rested you feel when you wake up. It is really, really important to get enough sleep at night. For an exclusive offer, 
right now, just for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash Knowles and use code Knowles10 to save 10% when you try Magnesium Breakthrough. And one more thing, for a limited time, Buy Optimizers is also giving away free bottles of their best-selling products, P30M and Mazzymes, with select purchases. So go to magbreakthrough.com slash Knowles. Right now, get your exclusive 10% discount plus a chance to get more than $50 worth of supplements for free. Go check out BioOptimizers today. Also, this October, not only will Backstage be live and on stage at the famous Ryman Auditorium right here in Nashville, we're also giving one lucky member a chance to win two VIP tickets to get front row seats. And not just that, but the winner will receive a $1,500 gift card to cover travel expenses, a meet and greet with the backstage hosts, including yours truly, and more. Tickets for the Ryman Show sold out already, so this is your one chance to get in on the action. To enter, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join one of our membership plans with the code BACKSTAGE for 25% off your membership. If you're already a member, you'll be automatically entered, so get ready because you might just be on your way to Nashville to meet and watch me, Ben, Jeremy, Nat, Drew. Candace, next month. You can also order right now. It is available in shipping. The new 70th anniversary edition of God and Man at Yale by William F. Buckley Jr. This is the book that started the conservative movement. I'm very honored to have have been asked to write the new introduction to this edition. You can get it on Amazon. They're kind of suppressing the results. So just search for it. If you you look on Amazon, just search for God and Man at Yale uh, and then go to the newest arrivals. Order it by newest arrivals. It should pop up there. And if you order from any other platform, you know, type in God and Man at Yale, Michael Knowles or something like that, you can order it. I appreciate everyone who has, who has done that. I'm glad that we're bringing Bill Buckley back to being a bestseller 70 years later. We'll be right back with a lot more. This pro-life bill in Texas is anti-woman. It's, it's a bunch of men saying that women can't kill their children. And so it's anti-woman, except for the men who can get pregnant, and, uh, because they can, and, uh, the, and the women who are, who are men. Um, uh, hmm. uh, AOC, can you explain, please? None of this is about supporting life. What this is about is controlling women's bodies and controlling people who are not cisgender men. This is about making sure that someone like me as a woman or any menstruating person in this country cannot make decisions over their own body. And people like Governor Abbott and Mitch McConnell want to have more control over over a woman's body than that woman or that person has over themselves. Hold on, wait, is it a woman's body or a menstruating person's body? Or it's a woman or a person and it's the men who, first of all, in the spirit of reconciliation and compromise, I'm willing to make a deal right now with AOC. Any menstruating person who wants to get an abortion, I'm fine with that. That's fine. If you are a person right now who is menstruating and you want to get an abortion, that's fine. That's fine by me. That's fine. You know, generally speaking, people who are menstruating are not uh, pregnant. I don't, you know, AOC, I thought she would know the fundamentals of biology here, at least the real, but apparently not that even. But I can, I'm happy to enlighten people. When you're pregnant, you stop menstruating. That's how it goes. So that's fine. There we go. There's my carve out. Okay. Menstruating people can have abortions. Also, menstruating person seems a little sexist to me, doesn't it? Men menstruating persons. How about 
women's straight, actually better than women's straighting. How about woe person straight? How about son? How about woe, how about whopper daughter straighting per daughters? Hmm? How about that, AOC? I see your woke language and I raise you a whopper daughter straighting per daughters. Hmm. Take that. A very, very silly, crazy stuff. And Anderson Cooper has to pretend that this is serious, by the way. <laughs> now, <laughs> the, what's funny about it, of course, is that you have these two ideas that are in conflict with one another. The idea that uh, men and women are not different at all, that men can become women, women can become men. There's no difference. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And the idea that women are this special class of victims and they're oppressed by men and you've got the oppressor and the oppressed and you can't change that. And it's just an eternal fact of society. And people notice that these things are in conflict. You see the same type of conflict in the debate between homosexuality and transgenderism. Homosexuality says that men are men and women are women and some, some boys like other boys and some girls like other girls. And you're born this way and there's nothing you can change about it. And transgenderism says actually there's not even any such thing as boys and girls. Boys can be girls and girls can be boys and men can be women. And so if you were to apply the logic of transgenderism to homosexuality, then you would lose the idea that you're born this way and you can't change it. Because not only can you change your sexual desires, but you can change your sex itself. So the, the solution then to homosexuality and the question that used to be asked, which is who would choose this? Who would choose to be born this way? Would be, oh, we'll just change it. You're a boy who likes other boys. Well, now just, you know, be a boy that likes girls or, or be a girl that likes boys. But just you can just change it because it's all fluid, right? Or if you were to apply the logic of homosexuality to transgenderism, you would lose the entire concept of transgenderism. People are pointing this out as maybe this will be the moment that the left comes undone by its own illogic. It won't. It won't. Because it, it actually, it all kind of goes back to second wave feminism. When second wave feminism says a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, there's no difference between men and women. The only difference is some, some people have long hair or something. Some people wear skirts. What they're saying is that man equals woman. They are exactly the same, indiscernible. So if man equals woman, that leads naturally to the homosexual rights movement and, and even to gay marriage. Because if there's no difference between men and women, then of course men should marry men and women should marry women. The, the word marriage would be redefined just by that very premise. And if there's no difference between men and women, then of course a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man because those categories don't mean anything. So un unfortunately, it, it actually does sort of make sense. The reason that, that when you listen to AOC, she's getting a little tongue-tied, and she, she, sound, she sounds a little bit like the Taliban, doesn't she? Oh, 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 and the person, and the woman, and... Uh, uh. The reason she's doing that is because her argument doesn't have logic to it. It's just grunts. It's just, it's just interest. It's just desire. It's not, it's not anything logical. But that's, that's our... That's our politics these days. Unfortunately, some so-called conservatives are a little, a little confused on sex and gender and abortion as well. Notably, Bruce Jenner, who is now running, I guess he's still running for governor of California. And uh, Mr. Jenner goes on CNN and he's asked about his opinion on abortion. And he, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. I am for a women's right to choose. I am also for a state uh, having the ability to make their own laws. Um, and so I support Texas in that decision. That's their decision. Um, I'm okay with that. 
But as far as being a woman's right to choose, I don't see any changes in our laws in California in the future. But you're fine with the Texas law, even though you say that you support abortion I, rights. You I, are I, fine with a law that essentially outlaws abortion. I think they have the right in their state to do what they want to do. Now, do I agree with the decision or not? No, to be honest with you, I actually probably do not agree with the decision, but I agree with they have the right to make their own decision. Now, I actually like this answer. I, d I don't agree with this answer, but I like this answer because what Jenner has done here is flip the usual Democrat mealy-mouthed answer on its head. The Democrat mealy-mouthed abortion answer from, from putative fake Catholics like Mario Cuomo or, or uh, Joe Biden, at least in pre previous years, is, listen, I personally do not support abortion, but I would not force my opinion on the people. So I, politically, I support abortion, but personally, I do not support abortion. And what Jenner has done here, it's actually quite clever, is he says, personally, I do support abortion, but I would never force my views on the people of Texas. I support democracy. I support their right to make their own laws. I love it. It's a clever little argument. Now, much like the Democrats argument, ultimately, it doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense. It makes enough sense in that Jenner is a Californian and she's talking, she, she see, you see how difficult this is? He's talking about people in Texas. But what he's also pointing to here is federalism, is subsidiarity, is the idea that it's not only that the government, the federal government has rights, and it's not only that the people have rights, but the states have rights too. And we forget that a lot, especially as we tear down statues of Robert E. Lee. We'd certainly forget that a lot, <laughs> that the states do have, they don't have unlimited rights. They don't have the rights to do anything they want, but they do have some rights. And it seems to me the people of Texas have the right to pass their own laws on abortion. And it seems the same to Bruce Jenner. It, se it seems the same to me, someone who opposes abortion, and to Jenner, who supports abortion. That's, that's a big tent. That's about as big tent a party as I can see. Some other putative conservatives, mainstream conservatives, seem to be confused. Uh, the View always has some, at least nominal conservative on the panel. The View is that gaggle of liberal women, and they have one woman, at least, who's at least sort of kind of conservative. And so uh, Megan McCain was filling that spot for a while. Megan left the show. Now they're bringing in new people. So Mia Love, who was being talked up in recent years as a major Republican figure, oh gosh, she could run for president, that sort of thing. She goes on The View and, sh and she offers up what, what I'm sure The View producers consider to be the arch conservative position on abortion and life and the sexual revolution. Namely, just pump women full of birth control. I think it's false choices. It, they're, they're giving women false choices. This is what frustrates me about government. Instead of actually taking care of the story from the beginning, mm -hmm. they're trying to pick up broken pieces and they're making it worse. Why not try and empower women? Why not giving them more options when it comes to their reproductive health, yeah. like providing over-the-counter contraceptives, uh, birth control pills mm -hmm. instead of condoms and Plan B. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I am pro-life. Mm -hmm. I've, I've 
always been pro-life with the exception of rape, incest, and the life of a mother. Yep. I don't think government should be going into families when it comes to making a decision yep. about about such important issues and personal and issues personal. that are damaging yeah. to yeah. women. So here's what I think. Why not treat women like assets that can be developed instead of liabilities that need to be managed? Not sure I understood all of that word salad, but I think she's right in the first part, which is this is about false choices. I think this is exactly about false choices. I think The View is giving its audience false choices here between liberals and people who sort of pretend to be conservative. I don't think the conservative view on abortion is that we need to pump women full of contraception and only kill 1% of babies. I don't, I think the conservative view on abortion is, and you know, forgive my radicalism here, that we shouldn't kill any of the babies and we should encourage life and the openness to life and stable relationships and marriage and, and monogamy and, (laughs) and a, a stable society with the stable fundamental political element of the society, which is the family. I think I think that would be the conservative argument, not what we're getting from the view. But this, it it just reminds me, anytime I tune into a show like the view, it reminds me that so much of our politics is just fake. It's just a show. It's just pretend. It is a liberal regime with a few court jesters the court jester conservatives, whose job it is to provide the appearance of opposition, when in fact what what they do is they serve to legitimize the liberal regime. Phyllis Schlafly, a great American conservative woman, famously called in the 20th century for a choice, not an echo. I'm I'm pro-choice in that regard. I want there to be a choice between liberals and conservatives, not just between liberals and slightly less liberals. Okay, I want an actual choice here. And when The View presents this argument as as the wide choice between a liberal and a conservative, when actually they have the same premises, the same basic ideas about life, about about the sexual revolution, about the family, about individual autonomy, they agree on everything, basically. They just agree, they just disagree on how many babies should be killed, and they disagree on how much we should promote contraceptives. No one is suggesting we promote life, really. Just some saying, well, maybe we should kill fewer people. That's not a choice. That's, there, there was a, an interesting character, Curtis Yarvin, went on Tucker Carlson's show, on his Fox Nation show yesterday. And Curtis Yarvin is, is a more radical right-wing thinker. I've, I've read a bit of his stuff. And he, he makes the same point, actually, that so much of our politics is just kind of fake. We think that the real battle of our government is between Trump and Biden, when in fact, the president himself has relatively very little power, even compared to presidents 100 years ago, that the actual political fights are sort of hidden and they don't really change. That actually, actually the the fight, the the political battles that we're seeing on The View, that's that's not really what's going on because they're all within the dominant regime. Speaking of squishy conservatives, President Trump is set to endorse the opponent of Liz Cheney in the uh, next congressional election. 
no surprise here. There's no love lost between Trump and Cheney. And uh, so he's, in, I think he's going to endorse Harriet Hageman, who's a Wyoming attorney. She's going to primary Cheney. It brings me to a point that people brought up. I mentioned it too, when, when Cheney was being ousted from, from leadership. People pointed out that Liz Cheney actually has a relatively conservative voting record in Congress. Not perfect, but she was relatively conservative. We would, we would generally agree with her voting record in Congress, more so e- even than the woman who replaced her in Republican leadership, which is a little bit of a problem. But on this decision to primary Liz Cheney or to support the primary challenger, what we're really talking about here is not your opinion on tax cuts, not even your opinion on abortion, you know, or your opinion on immigration. It's about whether you're a, a real conservative in practice, in effect. Are you at the crucial moments going to stand up for half the country, for, the, for traditional Americans, or at the crucial moments, are you going to cave? And are you going to defend Nancy Pelosi? And are you going to be her prop and clown for, for instance, the January 6th commission? The, the problem with Liz Cheney, like Romney and others, is at the crucial moment, they cave. They're good 90% of the time, but at the crucial moment, well, the crucial moment is when we need you. Speaking of Republicans who sometimes go a little squishy, there's some good news out of the GOP up in South Dakota. Republican Governor Christy Noem has just signed an excellent executive order on abortion. Now, Christy Noem hit the national circuit during the coronavirus lockdowns because she wouldn't lock down her state. So everyone really liked her and she's an attractive woman and she's articulate. And so people started talking about her as a potential presidential candidate. I, I know now you're not allowed to mention that Christy Noem is attractive. Matt Walsh did that and she like yelled at him for it and called him a sexist, but it's true. She is attractive and that's one of the reasons people talked her up. Then she started to go a little squishy. There was a transgender bill that went before her desk It was a simple bill. It said, don't let men compete in women's sports. Seems simple to me. And she wouldn't sign it. She wouldn't sign it, presumably because her corporate donors called and threatened her and she caved. I I don't know that for a fact, but that seems to be what happened. Similar thing happened to Asa Hutchinson down in Arkansas, Republican governor there. Okay, so that's too bad. That really makes me doubt that she could be a strong national leader. Then when when she went after Walsh in this very lib way of saying, you're a sexist. Look, my eyes are up here. You know, I just thought, okay, that's pathetic. You know, that's give me a break. So now I think Noam realizes that she's losing her conservative support. The whole thing that uh, brought her up to a, become a national figure, she's lost that because she's presumably caving to in special interests in, in South Dakota. So now she's going right wing again. She just signed an executive order banning telemedicine abortions in South Dakota. The order directs the South Dakota Department of Health, quote, to establish rules preventing telemedicine abortions in South Dakota. It restricts chemical abortions in the state. It says that abortion drugs can only be prescribed or dispensed by a physician after an in-person examination from a physician licensed in South Dakota. It blocks uh, receiving abortion drugs in the mail. It prevents abortion drugs from being dispensed in schools or on state grounds. And it reiterates that uh, licensed physicians must ensure informed consent laws. Uh, Okay, this is good stuff. I like it. I know, you know, sometimes conservatives, they they spend more time attacking each other than they do attacking the left. And I get it, especially when conservatives are out of power. There's some jockeying. There's a question of what is the vision here? 
that has to be done. But something we really admire about the left or that we're impressed by at least, is that the left knows how to circle the wagons. The left knows how to come together at the crucial moment and do things. And the right doesn't do that as well. So to this I say, good job, Christine. This is good. I like it. Good stuff. Other governors should follow suit. Glad to see it. If Christine Ohm went a little squish for a while, the pressure was tough, you know, okay, that's too bad. Let's, let's move on. Let's get better and don't do that again. And maybe let's just be more conservative. She sees what side the bread is buttered on, okay? And, uh, and, and let's keep more of this. I love it. Other governors should, should copy what, what Governor Nome did here. Now, speaking of murder in, in various states in the northern part of America, Kamala Harris, you'll recall, during the George Floyd riots, not only encouraged people to riot in the streets, not only gave spiritual and political support to these rioters and arsonists and looters and killers, but she gave financial support as well. She posted around the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which is a fund to bail out violent people who were arrested for rioting. And she posted this around. Joe Biden's staff members did the same thing. Okay. The Minnesota Freedom Fund uh, just posted bail, posts bail for a lot of criminals, not just the ones associated with the George Floyd riots, including 47-year-old George Howard, who was being held on domestic assault charges. Okay. So Kamala Harris says, support this jailbreak fund. The jailbreak fund bails out this wife beater, George Howard. Now, according to Minneapolis police, George Howard has just shot and killed 38-year-old Luis Damian Martinez Ortiz during a road rage incident in Minneapolis. Surveillance video shows Ortiz and Howard getting into an altercation on an on-ramp. And then this guy that Kamala Harris bailed out just killed this other guy, 38 years old, had his whole life in front of him. That, uh, she's not going to get any pushback for it and, and no mainstream outlets, I suspect, are going to report on it or very, very few, but you'll hear it here. Someone is dead today because of these jailbreak movements. Jailbreak movements that are not only supported in general by Democrat politicians, some Republican politicians too, I'm sorry to say, but that are, report, that are supported specifically by them. This is, this is how Democrats stop crime. They, they break out wife beaters so that the wife beaters can go shoot people on the street. In San Francisco right now, they've got, a, they've got a new method to try to reduce crime because crime is through the roof in San Francisco. You thought it was bad that some Californian threw an egg at Larry Elder. Stuff is really bad in San Francisco. So the, the new attempt to reduce crime is not my, now look, I'm not an expert on criminology, but my suggestion would be arrest the criminals and keep them in jail for a long time. And for the ones who commit capital offenses, kill them. That's my suggestion. Okay. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a little thick. I'm a little stupid. I don't, I, I'm not such a genius that I could pursue what they're doing in San Francisco, which is to pay the criminals. San Francisco, they're going to pay criminals $300 a month not to shoot people. If you don't, if you don't shoot people in San Francisco, you can make $300 a month. I, I promise not to shoot anyone in San Francisco. Not just now, but ever. Okay, I promised. Where is my check? Am I going to get my check? I don't think this is going to work. One, I don't think it's going to work for me to get the check. And two, I don't think this is going to work to reduce crime. I think that the left is getting this just totally, totally backwards here. And I think that crime is going to shoot through the roof and we're now subsidizing criminals apparently. 
I think statues are going to be torn down. I think our elections are not going to be considered fair. Neither side has faith in the elections right now. We we talk about the, the mean old Taliban over there in Afghanistan. That worries me. It worries me more to see these kinds of things going on here. The, the sheer control, the capriciousness, the whims of the regime. And, and we, what, what do we have to fight back against it? I think we still have a little bit of time, but not so much. It's running out. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boren. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, Virginia creates a time capsule so future generations can learn why America collapsed. And as Americans remain trapped in Afghanistan, COVID lockdowns loom and culture war breaks out everywhere, the Biden administration has a new old plan. Throw money at all the things. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Mm-hmm.